we might have an anger problem in our city. Uh, you ever jumped on the creek turnpike? Everyone's in a hurry. And if you're in their way, they will let you know. Uh, I quit worrying about the stoplights anymore because if you're, if you're not moving when it's green, somebody's going to let you know. Even if they're nine cars back. That's me. I'll raise my hand. Cindy's very patient. People just sit there, you know, they're looking at their text, their cell phone and texting or whatever, and the light's green, and you know you're going to miss it. They catch it right at the last moment, and they take off, and then you have to sit through another cycle. They're just not right with God doing that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anger can be a big issue. can be a big problem. Uh, if you go to the mall, especially around Christmas time, you find out that it's <clears throat> a real issue. At the airport, trying to get through baggage, you know, get your baggage picked up, or just get through the TSA line. Now, Tulsa's not too bad. But go to a, a, an airport that's larger than Tulsa, it can be a problem. It's really a nasty problem. Maybe when you're trying to find a seat at a restaurant, poor little girl at the stands trying to accommodate everybody she can, and you know, you're in a hurry, and you want to sit down now. And what's the hold up now? Why can't I get seated now? <laughs> Some of you are starting to look down, cover your eyes. <laughs> Some of you have been out with me, haven't you? <laughs> If we're honest, it can even be a big issue in our families, maybe even a big issue in our life. Anger really is a choice that kills. But the Bible has a lot to talk about when it comes to anger. But before we get into that, in doing some research I found to be interesting, I wanted to share this with you. The average man loses his temper six times a week. The average woman, three times a week. Women get more angry at people. Men get more angry at things like flat tires and dull razors and TVs that don't focus. Single adults, this was surprising to me, single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. Men are more physical with their anger than women, and at home is where we're most likely to express anger. To those that we love the most, we tend to express the most anger. Isn't that amazing? The Bible does have a lot to say about it. And the problem that I ran into is figuring out what verses to use because there's so many. So hopefully I've zeroed in on some that will be of help to you. And the one I want to start with is our memory verse that we quoted just earlier. I want us to bring it up again. Ecclesiastes 7 Nine, it's right there in your notes. Let's uh, share it together again. Don't be quick-tempered, for anger is the friend of fools. Man, that's true, isn't it? Anger makes you do things or causes you to do things. doesn't make you do it, but it causes you to do things that you later regret. Uh, it's really an amazing thought process. Also, in doing some research, I thought, of all the places where anger probably isn't a issue would be Hawaii. 
So I found a survey that a guy did in Hawaii, and the survey was, uh, he just simply asked, what makes you angry? What makes you angry? Now, Hawaii, calm, cool, laid back, right? Seems like that's the kind of place it is. Uh, hang loose and drink the juice. Isn't that what you do over there? Maybe you can relate to some of these. These are people from Hawaii. What, what makes you angry? Number 10, people who drive like idiots. I think that's a universal problem. Number nine, people who are late. Number eight, people who talk during the movies. Again, these are people in Hawaii. Number seven, the options you have to get to a live person when you call somebody on the phone for help. That's number seven. <laughs> number six, people who leave the seat up. I grew up in a house full of men. My little sister came along. Everything changes. She fell in. It was good knowing her. She was a good girl. Number five, people who pass gas on a crowded public elevator. I have no idea what that means. I didn't know there were tall buildings in Hawaii. Number four, gossip. Number three, people who use their text messaging while having a conversation with you. Ever had that happen to you? Number two, people who are rude. Number one, number one, very interesting, number one. Survey, people in Hawaii, what makes you mad? What makes you angry? The answer to number one is themselves. They make themselves mad. They make themselves angry. And they get angry at themselves. So, let's define the problem. Anger defined, they're in your notes. Anger defined is the destructive emotion I feel when trying to control what is out of control. When I, the destructive emotion I feel when I'm trying to control what is out of my control. Are you a control person? Got to be in charge. Got to be. Got to be. Got to be in charge of it all. You got to make sure it's, everything's going the way. So all the ducks are in a row. Are you that kind of person? You have a tendency to get angry, probably, when things don't go your way. We want to control people. We want to control circumstances. We actually try to control God. As long as God's playing by our rules, hey, we're good. We'll follow Him wherever He wants us to go. Amen. But when he one time gets out of link, sync and out of link with us and what we want, hmm. When's the last time you lost control? When's the last time you got angry? When's the last time you just fell off the edge, blew your top, and all the things we've been talking about? When was the last time somebody got angry at you? See, there's the thing, we never forget those. They leave an impression. They leave an impression because anger is very dangerous. We try to control what we can't control. We try to play God and we have this destructive emotion because we just can't do it. Proverbs 19.11 says something very interesting. It says, people with good sense. That's a great way to start a phrase. People with good sense do what? Restrain their anger. They restrain it. 
The Bible says that people with good sense do it. So, turn over in your notes. We're going to talk just a few minutes about how to diffuse the landmine of anger because the Bible has a lot to say and it is possible within the Bible to do that. And God says He will give us the power to do it. God says He will help us control our anger, that we can diffuse this landmine of anger. So, number one, remember the consequences. How, diffusing the landmine of anger, number one, remember the consequences. You know, you can't spell danger without the word anger. The Bible says people with hot tempers do foolish things. Will Rogers said one time, people who fly into a rage rarely make a good landing. (laughs) Sound advice, isn't it? So what are some of the dangers that anger brings us? Well, let's talk about the first one. The first one is it creates physical problems. Physical problems. Anger causes physical problems. You, you ever heard somebody say, that just burns me up? Well, that's a true statement because it works from the inside out. Anger will eat you up. Any of you seen it? Any of you witnessed it? Any of you lived it? Yeah, I've got an ulcer right now. Okay. That's acid burning inside you, by the way. That's what an ulcer does. Do you realize that the, the number one best-selling medicine in America, do you know what it is? It's antacids. It's antacids. Tums, Tagamet, Rolades. Jeremiah 15, the prophet Jeremiah went through some tough times in his life. And he said this in Jeremiah 15, I stayed by myself and was filled with anger. Why do I keep on suffering? Why are my wounds incurable? Why don't they heal? Wow. Then the second problem is, there's a physical problem, then the second one is the emotional problems. Emotional problems. I asked you a moment ago, do you remember a time that you were yelled at? See, you not only remember it, you probably have played it over and over and over and rehashed it over and over and over in your mind. Because emotional scars don't leave. And they're usually inflicted by parents, by some significant adult in your life who decided to yell at you. I never will forget, I was yelling at Jeff. He was little, being little, like little kids are. I don't, I don't know if girls are different. Well, I only raise boys, so I don't know how girls are. The girls I got in my life were all fully grown and potty trained. I loved it. Loved it. I've gotten to watch Kelsey. I can see the difference. I could have seen that I would have been a worthless dad with a daughter. So I'm glad I had boys. But anyway, Jeff was giving me a hard time. I know it's hard for you to believe. That that angelic child of my wife's back there would... That number one son would give us, and he was, and he was making, he was getting loud, and I started getting loud, and he got loud, and I got louder, and he got loud, and I got louder, and pretty soon Cindy's just laughing, laughing, laughing. So I turned to her and I said, "What are you laughing about?" She said, "Listen to what you're doing." What are you laughing? 
How can I get him to calm down when I was escalating the problem? You see. But don't we do that? Oh, we do it too often. Proverbs 14, 17 says, The hot-headed do things they'll later regret. Well, there's a lot of truth to that statement. The people that we hurt the most are those that are closest to us. And those are the ones who tend to inflict the, inflict the hurt when they lose their tempers. Anger, anger can become a danger because it divides people. It separates people. I heard a story this week about a famous golfer who was doing a pro clinic. The people at the clinic weren't quite getting it, and so he said, anybody ought to be able to grasp these simple concepts about golf. In fact, I'm going to call my 14-year-old son over here to demonstrate. So he calls the son over. He says, now son, I want you to uh, show them what you always see me do out on the golf course. So the boy goes over, pulls out a nine iron, breaks it over his knee, throws it in the lake. Next, it creates relational problems. Anger rolls down through generations and it separates us from those we love. Proverbs 15:18 says, "Hot tempers start fights, but a calm, cool spirit keeps the peace." Man, that's true, isn't it? That's true. That is so true. And then of course, worst of all, are spiritual problems that are created from anger. They spiritually separate us from God. Saw Isaiah 59, it's not in your notes, but just make a note to write it out there somewhere. Psalm 59, 1 and 2, it says, My ear's not so dull I can't hear, my hand's not so far I can't reach, but your iniquities, your sins have separated me from, from you. You see, it's our sins that keep God from being able to flow blessings through us. So we have to be very careful about that. We have to be very careful about that. And it can create a lot of issues. Ephesians 4, 27 tells us that the danger of anger is that it leads to all kinds of temptation. And you don't think clearly when you're angry. You make bad decisions when you're angry. That verse says, For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. So, I want you to take a minute and just kind of re-look at those dangers and those problems that danger and anger creates in your life. Now, I want you to jump over to the other side of the page. To number two, we need to recognize the triggers of anger. What is it that sets you off? We all have different triggers. We all have different buttons to push. Now, growing up, I had four other brothers and a little sister. I learned very quickly how to push her buttons because she was the youngest and she was a girl and she got everything. Thing. Not that it's bothering me. At 60 years old, it's not that it still bothers me, but it still bothers me that she got everything. It's as though we didn't exist any longer and my little sister was the only child in the family. I wanted a bicycle. I got a hand-me-down bicycle. She wants a bicycle. 
takes her to the store, buys her whatever new bicycle she wants. Pink bicycle she got. Not only pink, but a little basket on the front with little streamers coming off the handlebars. Not that I remember any of this. Candy. She wanted candy. What are the triggers? Alexander the Great, great warrior, in a fit of rage, struck one of his favorite generals, hit him so hard it killed him. Killed him. The general had been his best friend throughout all the battles, and Alexander cries out, I've conquered the world, but I can't even conquer my own soul. You ever feel like that? Why do I lose my temper? What is it that sets me off? And from a big picture perspective, there are three deep sources of anger. These aren't in your notes. Just write them in there somewhere because they're really important to have. And those three big trigger, big picture triggers are hurt, frustration, and insecurity. Hurt, frustration, and insecurity. Hurt people tend to hurt people. If you've been hurt, you're going to hurt others. If you have tasted the great grace of God, you're going to be more apt to give the grace of God. Does that make sense? Hey, that's the key. How do you turn anger to a blessing? Is you let it be handled in the right way. And you let God. I'm jumping ahead. I'll slow down. But hurt, frustration, and insecurity. Oftentimes insecurity is so strong in so many people. And instead of facing it, we run from it. Find excuses for it. Ephesians 4.26 says, And don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Now catch the flow of that verse. Anger may come, but if you catch it and keep it, it won't take control. See, it's it's our job to catch it. The emotions may well up within us. Boy, there's a lot of emotions our president stirred up in Christians this week. You know, partly what he said was true. It was the way he said it. That's usually the case, isn't it? It's usually the way we say stuff. You can keep anger from becoming a sin by knowing your triggers. <clears throat> now I want you to take a minute. I want to do a little self-evaluation. You notice in your outline I've got my triggers and then some blanks. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four says, Keep away from angry, short-tempered people. I want you to just kind of think about your life and some of the triggers that may maybe cause you to lose your... Anger. Is it triggered by disobedience? Are you triggered by somebody being late? You know that list we read earlier? Are you set off by things from your past? Just honestly, just write down a few things. I mean, this is your outline. You're taking it home. I'm not going to see it. Nobody's going to see it. Unless you decide to go to lunch and show it. Hey, look at here. Look at my triggers. You know what might be fun is to say, what triggers do you see in me? Ooh, that could be dangerous. 
Do a little self-evaluation. Is it traffic? Are you frustrated like Alexander the Great that you can't even conquer your own soul? Is it gossip? People talking in movies? I've discovered in my own life that one of my biggest triggers for not staying in control of things is selfishness. Selfishness. I'm in a hurry. They're in the way. (laughs) I'm at a restaurant. I'm ready to eat. Why can't I sit down? I've sat down. Why can't I have my food on the table? Right? I ordered three minutes ago. Why isn't the food hot down here on the table? We've been here for 35 minutes. Nobody's brought us a glass of water. Right? What is it that what is it that, that gets to you? I know one of my things is late being late. Drive Cindy nuts. I hate to be late anywhere. I want to be early. Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. If I'm thirty minutes early, I'm late. Now her if it's 11 o'clock, she wants to arrive at 10.59 and a half. I used to walk back to her bathroom and look at her. And then she would slow down getting dressed, getting ready. I knew she would. So now I just stay in the living room and I fume in the living room. And I have a conversation with God that goes something like this. Okay, God, you sent her into my life. You know how I'm wired. Get with it. It's just I found this a lot safer. Because if I walk back to her bathroom, it's it's not a very safe place to go. James Dobson, maybe maybe you know that name. <laughs> he asked some kids, What do you like or dislike most about your parents? Now the first answer varied quite a bit. Second answer was pretty spot on from all of them. Almost unanimously, every child said, they're screaming. I can't stand it when mom screams, or I can't stand it when dad screams. The article goes on to say, why do we scream? Why do we lose our temper? Why do we let these things trigger us? You yell, you get angry, you fly off the handle, you do all that stuff. Because in the short term... It works. You yell, your kids be quiet. If you yell loud enough and the vein on the side of your neck pops out far enough, they and you're red in the face, they know it's time to hush. <clears throat> but does it change behavior? Well, it does yours because now you have a blood pressure issue. Now you're near heart attack level. Somebody at the office does something, you blow up about it. Well, it works in the short term, but it doesn't work long term. Anger alienates. Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, Keep away from anger and angry, short tempered people. Not only should you keep away from them, but people will keep away from you if you're that 
kind of person. So what is it that triggers you? And you need to recognize those triggers. Which then leads us to number three. Build a buffer between what sets you off and and your actions. Number three, restrain my words and think before acting. Restrain my words and think before acting. So easy, but it's so much harder to do. I probably don't even need to spend any time on this particular point. But if you think about it, that's where we get in trouble. We speak too quick. We act without thinking. Don't engage your brain before our mouth gets in gear. You ever said something and wish five minutes later it could come back? Too gone, man. Damage is done. You can see it in their face. I did not mean it that way. Too late. Stop and think how you're going to mean it. <laughs> Stop and think how you're going to mean it. Thomas Jefferson said, if you're angry, count to ten. If you're very angry, count to a hundred. <laughs> That's great advice. Probably got it from Solomon. Proverbs 13. Solomon wrote, sensible people. I like that. Read it with me. Sensible people always think before they act. Always. Words come so easily. But the key issue in anger management oftentimes is to think because when you start to get angry, when you start to feel this burning inside of you, it's hard to delay the response. For some people, they just got to say whatever. And they say, well, I'm just like that. No, you're not. And if you are, change it. Quit being so negative, Nelly. Quit being so rip you to shreds, Rita. Our own Rita. Not true about her. That just came into my mind. I apologize, Rita. But you see, the big word is always. I'm telling you, a person of maturity learns to count to ten or count to a hundred, whatever it takes. Because by the time you count to a hundred, you're pretty much over whatever it was you were upset about. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven, twelve, thirty, four, fifteen, seventy-two, seventy-five, seventy-eight. Then you start counting by twos, you're in trouble. But take a step back. Take a step back and realize the potential physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual issues that your anger can affect. Keep asking, why am I angry? Why am I upset? Is it because I'm hurt? Is it because of my pride? Is it because of my ego? Is it because I'm insecure? Why am I angry? Is it because I'm fearful? Because I'm hurting? Why am I angry? That's the, the next part in your outline is why. And you might want to ask the question of what? What do I want? What do I want in this situation? It's going to help you diffuse some of this. Help you step back a little bit. Why? What? Sometimes we just want revenge. Hey, revenge is the worst reason. To respond. What do you accomplish with revenge? Nothing. Practical jokes. I think of them, but I don't do them because I don't want them to come back on me. I hate practical jokes. Because usually you're embarrassed. 
Very embarrassing. And if you can't dish it out and take it, then you shouldn't be dishing it out. <clears throat> so just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Teenagers are terrible about this. We take them to CIY and they do stuff to each other and then one of them gets mad and angry and they're not ever going to talk to anybody. You just want to take them in a headlock run them into the wall and just watch them lay out for two hours. And there's some adults that we need to run into the wall several times. Why do I do it? What do I want? And then the last question is how can I best get it? That's a great question. Why, what, and how? It'll help you. It'll help you begin to diffuse it. You know, a good illustration is when I was a kid, we we had these mom and pop um, convenience stores. That, you know, we call them now, but they were mom and pop owned back then. And uh, there was one I went into, and I was just going in to get a, 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 a pop of some kind. Called them pops back then. Coke, get a, get a Coke. And when I walked in, you know, the mom and pop were... Yelling at each other. <laughs> something about this, something about that, something about this, something about that. And all of a sudden, the mom noticed me walk in, and I thought, man, they're yelling. I better get out of here. And I mean, it was like instant. She goes, well, hello there, young man. Can I help you? I mean, she'd been going, hello there, young man. Can I help you? Kind of the way we are when we deal with people, isn't it? We can be arguing. Well, hello there. You doing okay today? We'll be sitting out in the car, get out of the car, come into church, and somebody says, you know, and you've been yelling at each other in the car, and all of a sudden you get to say, well, hello, brother, how you doing? God bless you today. Amen. You see, we choose. We have a choice. Anger is a choice. That's right there in your notes. Read and write that down. Anger is a choice. That's a fact. When you get angry, you're choosing to get angry. If you've been yelling and screaming and then you turn it off, of course you you can control that. It's up to you. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Somebody said, Blowing your stack only creates air pollution. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Ephesians 4.31 Ah, oh, this... Uh. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Would you look at those first two words? Get rid. Let's add the third one. Get rid of. Get rid of it. Don't let it hang around. If you're with somebody that starts telling these things, just walk away. If they say, well, you're judging me, you better than I am, don't say a word because they're just trying to draw you in. Amen? Just walk away. What do they do with a smile? Just smile at them. Say, I don't need to hear that kind of talk. Just walk away. Stand up for what you believe. Stand up for what you believe. Leads us to the fourth step in diffusing the landmines of anger. On the back of your page there, relax and trust that God's in control. Relax and trust that God's in control. I feel, bit, I feel better just saying that, don't you? Just relax and trust that God's in control. 
I saw a t-shirt uh, doing some surfing, internet surfing this week. I saw a t-shirt that just really grabbed my attention. It said, number one, there is a God. And number two, you're not Him. <laughs> well, that was helpful right there. Kind of, for, especially for the moment that I saw it, I needed that. But that's really good advice. You know, we... I heard a guy also say, you ever want to, you ever want to see God laugh? Tell him your life plans. <laughs> Tell him your life plans. If you ever want to see God laugh. I can't control everybody else. I can only control me. I can't control what you say about me, how you feel about me. I can only control my reaction to it all. My good friend John Maxwell said that. Psalm 46.10, great verse, says, Be still and know that I am God. So there's times when you just need to be still. Don't fly off the handle. Don't lose it at somebody else. Just be still. Say, God, you're in control of this situation. God, you're in control of my life. I want to relax and trust in you. And so the next time I drive, I'm going to set the cruise control on the speed limit and just say, God, you're in control. This makes it a lot better. Let them whiz by you. It's okay. And you'll pull up to the next stoplight and guess who's right in front of you? Same guy. So fun, isn't it? Don't you want to just go by and go, Hey, what's up? <laughs> Be still. Know that I'm God. Jesus is probably our greatest example. Well, not probably. He is our greatest example. When you look at the life of Jesus... We see times when he got very passionate about things, but we also see times when he wept. There's times to be quiet, and there's times to speak, and there's most of the time it's time to just be quiet and let God do what God does. Because he'll do it. He'll do it. When Mark came along, we fi- I finally realized I don't have to yell at him as much. I don't know that that helped. I just knew I didn't need to. <laughs> There's something about that third one that just kind of, you can been there, done that. Poor old Jeff. You know, I'm surprised he's turned out as good as he has. Because, you know, it's always that first one that gets all the, the parents learn how to be a parent with the first one, right? Sure. And we always said that if Corey was the first one, he'd have been an only child too. But, you know, that happens as well. Love all my boys. So proud of all of them. As you are. Because you've had such an integral part in their life. To see my son week in and week out lead worship here. Uh, does an old dad's heart really, really good. And the fact that Corey and Mark also serve in churches and care about the Lord in their life, that's really important. Corey made a statement to his mother the week or so ago. He said, now that I'm a dad, he said, this spiritual stuff is really a lot more important to me. Funny how perspectives can change. 1 Peter 2.23 says, He that is Jesus did not retaliate when he was insulted. Jesus, give me the power to do that. Give me the power to do that. It's trying to control the un- uncontrollable sometimes. It's resisting, allowing God to be in control of our lives. 
You know, because we do get angry. We get upset. It's time to be quiet and be still. Turn that over to God. Let God take care of it. Let God calm you. God, calm me down. God, calm me down. Surrender that to God. God, I want You to work in my life. I want Your way better than I want revenge. God, I want Your peace. I want Your presence. I want Your healing more than I want the revenge that can come. And oftentimes we hesitate to do that because we think that God is angry at us. He's not angry at us. Psalm 145 and verse 8 says, The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to get angry to you, full of unfailing love. I know there's times when I sin, when I mess up, and I think God is going to be mad at me, that God is just sitting there with tears running down His face, saying, My child, my child, my child. And I feel His arms reaching out. And I feel His arms coming around my shoulders. And I feel that embrace when He pulls me in close. And then I hear Him whisper, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let's pray together. Father, today I'm praying that we decide to not let anger become such a big issue in our lives. I'm praying today that we will just simply sit back and relax and let You be who You are and let You do what You do. Father, that we will be very sensitive to the movement of Your Spirit in our life. That, Father, we will sense Your presence. We will seek Your presence. And, Father, we will hear we will hear that still small voice that's trying to speak into our heart. God, we live in a world that's angry. But thank You that we can find peace in Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You that we can surrender it all to Him. And victory is ours. So God, there might be somebody here today that just needs to surrender some anger issues in their life to you. Would they have the courage to do that? There may be others here that look for church home and want this church to be their church. And God, we pray that you'd move in them to make that decision. But God, whatever it is today that somebody's coming seeking you for, would you respond in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand and sing a great song.